the game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again to the official Jets podcast. EA, Thanksgiving is over. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? I know your folks were in town. Yeah, it was a great Thanksgiving. And Black Friday shopping for you or no? No, of course not. I would never. Of course not. Online a little bit? Nothing. We were in the building working like good Jets employees that we are. Yeah, we I know, but, but you can still find some time, an hour maybe, to browse online if you so want. So I got a secret. I don't have a personal email account. So oh. the, the only account I have, and I think you know this, Greens, is my official Jets account. Okay, so no Black Friday shopping. No. What? So what do you do for holiday shopping? Because usually Black Friday is a great time to do holiday shopping. You're really extending this topic right now. I would ask you, did you do any Friday shopping? A little. You did? Yeah. Online? Yeah, a little bit. Not, okay. not a, I'm, not, I'm not about the in-person Black Friday shopping. No, it's I'm not. It's too hectic. It's I'm way not too much in-person going to the mall for anything. No. Okay. No, me neither. So, uh, yeah, there's always sales, right? And my other thing is, are they really sales? Because... Every one of these uh, merchandise retail places now, I think that, do they have automatic markup so they can give you 20% off, 30% off? There there are stores that are notorious for sending you emails every day, 40% off, 40% off. How is that even possible? I I know. I totally agree with you. I will say that I do get a lot of emails from Banana Republic. Okay. So I, I, I know their prices relatively well just by yeah. quick browsing, and I feel like their deals are usually pretty good. I mean, it's over 50% off for some for some things. Like, I got a vest for $20 or Are like $15. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a, a name I haven't heard in a long time. I haven't uh, shopped at Banana Republic in a long time. Oh, I'm a big Banana Republic guy. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> truth be told, my pants and my sweater are both from Banana Republic well, that I'm wearing right now. Not not that anyone needed to know that or not that anyone can see that because obviously we're being recorded just for audio purposes right now, but you're, you're giving away email secret secrets. I'm giving away I like some, Sa- some I like, style secrets I like Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> the official provider for EA's wardrobe on game day. That, that is true. On game day, on live shows, and, a, and of course, Jets Flight Plan, which airs 11.30 a.m. each Sunday. But you can check it out on NewYorkJets.com and all our social platforms. Saks Fifth Avenue brings it. All right. <laughs> well, let's move on here to some football. Enough Black Friday Shall shopping we? for us. Yes. Jets and Patriots last Sunday. Jets fell to 3-8 and eight on the year. But really a tale of two halves because in the first half, the Jets, I thought, came out with a good amount of fight. 10-10 going into intermission, and then, of course, 27-13 the final. So what did you see out of the Jets that maybe you liked compared to what happened in Week 10? Obviously, that was the blowout to the Bills that everyone felt like was the first time that the Jets got smacked, at least speaking from the players' perspective. Well, no moral victories, and I have to come to the players' defense to a little bit because some of the questions are positioned as, hey, did you think you guys gave a better effort than you did against Buffalo? And, of course, the natural answer is, yeah, 
we competed better, and they did. They competed better, but uh, you know, you tweeted it early in the week, and we talked about it. Is that every game, Jets, Patriots, AFC East, uh, divisional uh, clubs? Listen, you're you're going to have some kind of pushback, but the bottom line is, even though it was a 13-13 game. Patriots ended up winning by 14 points on the road, and they rolled up 500 yards of total offense, and they rushed the ball for 200 yards. What was I encouraged about here is quickly, I'll say Josh McCown spread the football around. Chris Herney continues to develop. They had a career-high seven receptions. The offensive line, I thought, held up pretty well without big James Carpenter in there. Jonathan Harrison anchoring at the center position. We saw Spencer Long get out on that nice pole block that you wrote about this week. And then defensively, I thought Daryl Roberts performed admirably for his first start at the free safety position. But all in all, just tough. And it's a tough environment right now for this Jets team. I mean, 3-8 and eight and... and you got to look at this week's opponent because they're in the midst of a funk themselves. Before we get to the Tennessee Titans. Well, I, what else did you like? Well, I mean, I, you, you didn't mention Jamal Adams. I just want oh, to bring yeah. him up because yeah. I, I think that if you've watched the Jets at all this season, you've realized the kind of leaps that Jamal Adams taken yeah. in year two, and I think that Sunday was a great example. And he said that he was looking forward to facing Rob Gronkowski. And, I mean, they, they met real early in the game. The Patriots on their second drive. Or, no, excuse me, their first drive. Yeah, it was that third down yeah, play yeah, up the sideline. Yeah, third and ten up the sideline to Rob Gronkowski. And before he could catch and turn and try to extend for the first down, Jamal Adams met him immediately. The ball popped out, incomplete pass, and Jamal Adams had three pass defenses, nine tackles. And, I mean, he, he balls out pretty much every game. And he's he's really been great for the Jets this year. And I know it's early, but... He could be the Curtis Martin team MVP come the end of the season. Uh, I mean, would that surprise you in any stretch? No. <laughs> I'd say since gambling is legal now in New Jersey, except for folks like us, sports gambling anyway, I would say that he is a huge favorite to be the Curtis Martin MVP. Yeah. And for Jamal specifically, I would say that I think it means a lot to him now that he is even more pass defenses than he does tackles behind the line of scrimmage because I watched your interview with him in the locker room. I was around him when he spoke to the media after the game and he mentioned respect about three or four times yeah, and nobody was asking him <laughs> about the uh, uh, lack of respect he was receiving but you know it really bothers him that people talk of him as a one-dimensional player as a guy just plays in the box and obviously we've seen him be explosive and sudden in the offensive backfield but in the defensive backfield now his coverage is a lot better in his second season and his eyes are better and Todd Bowles says he's having a great season and I don't know what odds you want to make on it, but he's overwhelming favorite to be the Curtis Martin team MVP. Uh, I'd be shocked, stunned, anything. I don't know what anybody could do to <laughs> grab it from him. And with that being said, I, I think the honor will mean a lot to him, but he wants to win football games. And he's pissed off just like this fan base. Well, I think the respect thing probably goes back to when he was coming out of the draft. And I mean, the knock on him was that he didn't have – big interception numbers at LSU. I think he had either one or three picks in his tenure down in the Bayou, but I mean, it, 
interceptions isn't the only measuring stick for pass coverage, and you saw that on Sunday when Jamal Adams had three pass defenses, two of which came on back-to-back plays when he was one-on-one with Rob Gronkowski on the sideline in the end zone, and Jamal stood up, and I think that he's been playing great this year. I wonder what he said to Julian Edelman when he gave him that pop. Wait, the the one where Julian Edelman flipped up a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he Jamal never stops. He, he never stops talking. And here's my other thing about Adams is that he's the cornerstone piece for you, and uh, he probably uh, it's safe to say he would start on any team in the National Football League. No doubt, he, he is a blue chip player. He's gonna finish his year in Orlando. He'll go to his first Pro Bowl, and I think he'll soak up the experience. And the guy. Uh, you know, despite the interception totals, he's a complete player, and he is going to be here. And he says to the fan base, stick with us. You know it is killing him to lose this much. Right uh, no doubt about it. I want to talk about someone that you mentioned that played next to Jamal Adams. Daryl Roberts got the start at free safety. Marcus yep. May didn't play with a shoulder injury. Obviously, we don't have insight to the coaches as we sit here in studio, but... What do you like about Roberts' game that you think perhaps could translate to him receiving the nod at free safety as opposed to some of the other guys on the roster? Because for me personally, speed, well, physicality, I, yeah, he's got he's got good range. I mean, when Jermaine Johnson was out, I thought uh, Daryl Roberts played very well on the outside. Yeah, that's what I he's, was going to bring up. Yeah, he's a physical corner, and again, what he gives you is. Um, you know, taking nothing away from the other two cats, Terrence Brooks and Rontez Miles, both valuable pieces here. He is more ranged than both of those mm-hmm. players. And, and, and he's not afraid to come up and stick you. And uh, Daryl Roberts is an interesting guy for this team right now. I'm very curious what happens when May comes back. Yeah. And I wonder if Daryl Roberts will be used almost as a third safety because I, I think you definitely could do that. Yeah, so. I, I mean, you, we saw it last season. The Jets had a lot of three, four safety looks. If you put Roberts out there, I mean, who's to say that's not going to happen? But I, that's just something to keep your eye out for. But you had mentioned, or we talked about it a little bit, is Josh McCown, his second start. Yep. He played clearly a lot better in this game than he did in Week 10 against the Bills, but that could be said for all the players on both sides of the ball. But what did you like about the way this offense moved the ball? I know Josh McCown said in the first half that he felt like the offense had some momentum going and they were in a rhythm more so, and then, of course, the second half only put up three points. The total yards, I mean, that's the first thing that jumps out at you, right? I mean, they were right around 340, I think, for the game. What was like 338? So that's an improvement. Um, they converted a little bit more on third down. I think they were in the 40s. There was, what, I want to say 6 or 14 in that kind of range. So they were better on third down, and that was an emphasis to Jeremy Pates. And he threw the ball to eight different guys. So that means a lot of guys are getting involved. And Jermaine Kearse, who had a career eye, tying nine receptions against the Colts, really, other than that game, is not developed uh, – that early chemistry, I would say, with Sam Darnold, which is no surprise. I think there's some more comfortability there between McCown and Curse, and we saw that, especially on the 16-yard scoring pass as the Jets took the lead in that game. Quincy and Nunwa had 73 yards receiving. I believe they all came in the first half. I think what you want to see from this team 
uh, moving forward is if Quincy's going like that, hopefully they'll be able to get him the ball uh, more in the second half because Quincy is another guy. I think his contract is up at the end of the season. The Jets got a lot of tough decisions to make, but a lot of money. Uh, I'd love to see him in green and white for a while, Greens. Yeah, I think that he's one of those guys that you talk about it all the time. He's an energy player, and when you look at certain games, even though he doesn't have the numbers, each time he touches the ball, he makes something happen. What, what was the game where he carried? It was the Dolphins game, right? Yes. In Miami where he didn't get a whole lot of receptions, but Quincy catches a screen and he's dragging half the Dolphins' defense down the sideline. I mean, those are the kinds of plays that boost the energy of a unit. And I think that Quincy really epitomizes an energy player. And his, I think his skill set is so unique because he's fast and he's huge. He's, he's 6'2", 225. That's, right. not, that's not a normal wide receiver body. What do you think about the Patriots? You know, I, I, I just want to get your thoughts there. This is a Jets podcast, of course. But um, New England, man, a lot of flags on the field. Yeah, that was... Uh, Offensively efficient, no doubt about it. And defensively, they did their typical bend but didn't break. They're only giving up the 13 points, but Wow. I don't remember ever watching a New England team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this, the narrative is always you can't shoot yourself in the foot against the Patriots because they don't. Right. But they did. They and, consistently did, and they, I think they gave the Jets a chance. But the chunk plays were a big issue. I mean, they had so many uh, plays, especially start drives. They were getting 20-plus yeah. gainers. Did yeah. I, I'm curious what you think about this now that I'm – replaying the game in my head and just my overall thoughts. Did you or do you think that this Patriots offense looks like a step behind from maybe what we've seen in the past couple of years? Or you think it's on par with what they've been doing for the past three years, let's say? I don't think they're on the same level as these other explosive offenses. We discussed it last week. and uh, I really love New Orleans' offense. I, I think they're the team that beat the National Football League because they can pound you. And Kamara, I think, is special. And then they mix in so many different pass catchers, led by Michael Thomas, who's one of the game's great targets. And then you have, uh, I think, offenses that kind of mirror each other, and uh, the Rams and, and the Chiefs. I, I think it is a, a good offense. I think the quarterback is excellent. Uh, I think Sony Michelle's pretty good, and I think they run it a little bit better than they had in the past. But are they anywhere near as explosive in the passing game? No, I don't think so. With that being said, I look, come home Sunday night and I'm watching Pittsburgh lose at Denver, and Ben Roethlisberger throwing an awful interception inside the red zone, and all of a sudden here's New England and they're eight and three and they're game back. And I think they beat Kansas City, didn't they? Yes, they did. So. They handed Kansas City their their first, first loss of the loss. season. So, New England, here they go. <laughs> be the number one seed in the uh, AFC. It, they could be. And the, and the Texans, uh, I find it, I'm interested to see the Texans here at MetLife Stadium. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think Kansas City is a great team. I think they have a great offense. I don't know what to make out of Pittsburgh. I don't think any of these teams are as good as... The New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I agree with all that. Okay. I'm very curious to see what the Texans look like. I don't think the AFC, I I agree with you, Greens. I don't think, I don't look at any of these teams at the top of the AFC and say, well, wow, oh, my God. I mean, Kansas City can get dirty on you. 
But they're going to be hard-pressed to give up, not give up 28. Well, especially <laughs> if the Saints' defense is playing the way that they've played the past couple of weeks, that team is very scary. They stop the run, and they get after the quarterback. They'll give up yards in the secondary, but they stop the run, they get after the quarterback, they run the ball, they protect the quarterback, and the quarterback is immensely efficient, and they are in rhythm. I don't. I really like the Saints team. All right, so the Jets are going from a Bill Belichick Patriots team to a Bill Belichick disciple oh. Tennessee Titans team. You like that? Yeah, it's a good transition. So Mike v- Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, first year head coach. I mean, that team is also littered with some former Patriots. Deion Lewis on the offensive side of the ball, Malcolm Butler on the defensive side of the ball. And I think when you look at this Titans team, I think – that what sticks out is their defense and that they play extremely physical. Yeah. And that's what Avery Williamson said on, on why the Titans beat the Patriots a couple weeks ago, that the Titans really bring it. And they're going to be at home this week, of course, as the Jets travel to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans. So what do you like about this Titans defense and what kind of problems can they pose this Jets offense, no matter if Sam Arnold or Josh McCown is under center? Well, I'm gonna, can I take an overall look at the Titans right now? Yeah, sure, I okay. guess. I'm not going to get into the Titans' defense so much. Uh, we were going to get into all of it at some point. No, so what no I want to take the 40,000-foot look on the Titans. They're struggling big time. <laughs> I, I, know the Jets, I know the Jets are, bro. But this is a Tennessee Titans team, and I'm writing about this right now in Storylines. You, you can read that at NewYorkJets.com. You're all you, you got all the plugs. There. They have been outscored 72 to 27 the last two weeks against division rivals, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. My other issue with them when I look at look at that team, they gave up nearly 300 yards on the ground to the Texans. No, yeah. and, and yes, their defense plays hard and tough and physical. I look at Tennessee and say, and I'm not saying the Jets are winning this game. The Jets have a number of issues themselves. My point is, this Tennessee team started three and one. They've lost five seven, and I don't know what their identity is offensively. Because you're asking me about defensively, I have no idea what they're trying to do there offensively right now. They got a new blocking system up front. They have given up the most sacks in the National Football League. Marcus Mariota had like one incompletion and they lost by 20 points. And then Derrick Henry is a straight straight ahead north and south runner, but they don't get him the ball that much because Deion Lewis is getting the ball a lot and Mariota seems like he's checking the checking the ball down every time I look up. So, I don't know what their identity is right now. I think I know what they want to be. But they certainly aren't that yet. <laughs> EA basically said, no bueno, poor los Titans. Um, listen, the last time they did play at home, they smacked around the Patriots. Yeah. Like they were the little brother. They coming in, they're coming in, and Bravo was like, I'm going to show you Belichick. And they certainly did. I think it was like 34 10. I think and, it was 38 to 10. Oh, and, and that game. Probably wasn't as close as the score is indicated. But with that being said, the last two weeks, they've been awful. Like the Jets <laughs> were awful two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, made some steps, so a lot more competitive. I think the, the Titans have been awful the last two weeks. Yeah. Were both those games on the road? Yes. Okay. I was, yeah. just, ki- yes. I was just curious. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I think that you said everything. <laughs> everything pretty much sums it up. 
but no, I'm not, well, I, I, I want to bring up the Marcus Mariota I mean, they're stuff. Be, they're going to be a healthy favorite, and they should be. Yeah, well, I, I want to bring up Marcus Mariota again because Marcus Mariota on the year is completing 70.3% of his passes, yeah. which is great. But to EA's point, if it's ding and dunk and ding and dunk, you're not getting the yards that you need to be. And I'm loading the, I, I have, I'm I have loading the box against too. that. Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions, too. I'm making Marcus Mariota throw the ball. And it, it's amazing to me that the I'm Titans have allowed the most sacks considering how mobile Mariota is also. Just putting that out there. Well, yeah, and they also got studs up front, don't they? Like, Taylor Lewan's a good player, yeah. Former, yeah. former first-round pick himself. Taylor Lewan's just a funny dude. Is he? Yeah, he's real funny. And wh- uh, what is he, on social media? or what is yeah, Social media, his interviews. He, he's, he's, got, he's, he's a fan favorite, I'm pretty sure. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He's also the guy that leads the, uh, the Predators charge when they all go, the offensive line goes with the catfish. Okay. But, yeah. He's he's a Michigan guy. Not that that matters anything. He probably wasn't too happy on Saturday. Uh, I would imagine nobody in Michigan was happy on Saturday. That yeah, was, that's a fair point. Th- that was absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see that coming. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in with the Titans? I wanted to talk. You asked me about their defense. Well, some of their players. Yeah. Adoree Jackson's a young sure. player. Kevin yeah. Byard's a Pro Bowl safety. safety. Right. Yeah. Oh, he was a Pro Bowler last year? I'm pretty year? sure, yeah. Or oh, wait, wait, maybe he just missed it last year. Okay, all right, all right. I know Corey Davis had a big season, obviously, the wide receiver. Yeah, Corey um, Davis was the fifth pick in the 2017 NFL draft. I mean, when I think of the Titans, I always think about Darrell Casey. Yeah, well, of course. On, on the interior, you know. I mean, it, Wesley Woodyard's been there forever. Wesley Woodyard, consummate pro. Uh, Arakbo. Is Arakbo the, still there? Yeah, I believe he's still there on the outside. And then you got uh, a couple former Patriots there, which is not a surprise because Logan Ryan, the former yeah. Patriot corner, and then Malcolm Butler was the he got a big contract. I don't think he's having the season that he'd like to have right now. I don't think so either for that team. Uh, and you mentioned Dory Jackson. So I mean, listen, they got some guys. Uh, to me, it always uh, up front starts with Casey on the, on the inside. But I, I am. Very surprised about the way this team has really struggled to protect the quarterback. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect from the Jets either, to be honest with you, because, yes, they're on a five-game slide. Yes, they've lost the last two by double digits. Who was Buffalo? Oh, it was before Buffalo. Miami. So that wasn't, yeah. So It was in Miami, home against Buffalo. Right, yeah. Because the other thing I go, go to with the Jets is that We've talked about it numerous times over the last two seasons. They just really haven't found a way to win on the road. It's two yeah. two wins since the beginning of the 2017 season. I've been to both, for the record. One was in Cleveland, where they came back in one of the ugliest games in NFL history. Yeah, think, that was bad. I think it was a 14 nothing halftime game. Jets scored 17 points. No, it, it couldn't have been 14 nothing because didn't Catanzaro hit a 57-yard field goal to so, end the half? Okay, so it was 14-3. Yeah, something scored, like that. Scored a couple touchdowns maybe in the second half on the 17-14. And the Jets also... Uh, forced two red zone turnovers. Yeah. So, and then, obviously, week one, you were there, Greens in Detroit, which seems a long time ago, unfortunately. Yes, but that's it since the beginning of the 2017 season. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good getting out of here because home hasn't really been great for the Jets of late yeah. either. You know, 
I don't know, maybe can switch, uh, switch some things up on the road. Maybe some guys like Herndon, you continue to see him progress. We're going to have to monitor the status as we tape right now. We don't know if Sam Darnold is playing well, it, this weekend. It's, I wanted to bring that up before we close up shop here. What do you expect from Sam Darnold once he comes back? Like, do you expect him to to play better than he did in the first X amount of games, first nine games of the year because he was able to take a couple weeks, t- take a step back, and then reinsert himself in the lineup? I don't know. Maybe it could help him. And I'm not going to go crazy here, but, you know, people in Buffalo are excited. And the only reason I'm bringing up Buffalo is because they have a rookie quarterback. Here's a couple things that have stood out to me about the rookie quarterbacks. All of them as a whole. Yeah, well, I just want to talk about Baker and Josh Allen, I think, a little bit, and then I'm going to transition to Darnold, of course, because we're talking Jets, is Mayfield's playing better of late. Now, they made some changes there and things like that, and we don't know what the situation was, but he's taking steps here uh, late in the season. Allen was out for like three or four games with Mm -hmm. the elbow injury, and he made some big-time splash plays against the Jaguars. Mm that have people in Buffalo excited. I think that if you're a Jets fan, the future of this organization, it, a lot of it is going to be resting on four teams. So what I want to see if I'm a Jets fan is, yeah, maybe after he gets back and has that time to recover and feels fully healthy and has watched uh, Josh McCown operate the offense for a couple of weeks, maybe he sees the game just a little bit differently. And you just want to see some splash plays from him. I don't need to see 75-yard touchdown passes, but you want to see them move the ball down the field and him get in good rhythm with different players uh, down the stretch and him feel very comfortable in the pocket. And we've seen that at times, but for none of the rookie quarterbacks, we can't see any. You can't say any of these guys have been tremendously consistent. I I agree, no doubt. You know, I mean that, Baker, I would say, has strung together the best two or three games of any of the quarterbacks of the first-round picks or any rookie quarterback this year, rather, because ever since Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley left, Baker's play has been very good. Yeah, Yeah, he's been very good. So I I think that if Sam comes back this week, I I would think that he would play this week. You do? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you suit up for a week, and even though you don't go through the motions of practice – he, he, he suited up, put the helmet on. It's a step in the right direction. So I think that hopefully this weekend we'll finally get to see 14 back on the field. I want to see Darnold and Allen play. And then I, I'd love it just from a – Right, pure, but that, that would be the, the following week. week. Yeah. From a pure uh, viewing perspective, uh, you got a chance maybe to see Darnold and Deshaun Watson. And Desha- Deshaun Watson, a, a first-round pick in 2017, has done a lot of good things. And they both worked with Jordan Palmer in their pre-draft process. Very good point. Then, who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to be at that point, but he's still one of the most talented players in the National Football League, so maybe right before Christmas you see Darnold and Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Belichick's not going to rest Brady on December 30th. I don't care what the situation is. He'll, nope. he'll come out there in the tunnel and he'll start and he'll play at least a couple quarters no matter where they are in terms of their playoff seeding. And he could play all four quarters. So I think it would be cool uh, for Darnold, especially the final four games. Who knows what happens this week. If he doesn't practice Wednesday, then you got to think you would lean early in the week to say probably not again. I think Wednesday mm-hmm. is an important day. This Wednesday, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, and 
yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I will say that on a totally separate, <laughs> unrelated note, Nashville is one of my favorite cities in the United States. Is it? Yeah, and I'm excited to go back. What do you like most about it? It's just such a different vibe than anything I had ever seen. Yeah? Yeah, it's just like everyone's so friendly. Every, at least this was my experience. Everyone was so friendly and open and live music everywhere. Right. Like you, you could just walk down Broadway, go to a couple different spots, and feel like you're in it's just a different, totally different place than up here. It's totally different. Okay. All right. Do you like Nashville? I know you like country. I like country music, which yeah, is a I big like, reason why I, I like Nashville. I like country music. I'd love to hear some I, I also music. had great barbecue food when I went there. Okay. What was the place? Puckett's. Is it down there in the main drag? Yes, sir. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. The only thing I get a little, I get a little claustrophobic sometimes, the crowds. You're, yeah. You're, you're a city guy, but geez. I mean, those, those, uh, to, city to streets, those city streets in Nashville, oh, my God. To be fair, I know I'm a city guy, but I also do not like big crowds. Okay. Which is why I, I hate Times Square. Yeah. Like, Times Square is a death wish to me. So I'm just saying is that can I go down to Nashville and still get into the places and not feel like I'm shoulder to shoulder? Yeah, it, uh, yeah I think so. I think it depends on the place, though. Uh, but okay. for the most part, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I'm looking to avoid. All right, and then well, real late start in Nashville, three o'clock. Three o'clock, uh, yeah. So four p.m. for this all is the all longest, folks. longest uh, uh, the Jets will travel, I think, as far as furthest west they'll travel. Which is so strange because you don't think as Nashville is west, right? And considering the Jets played in Chicago, yeah, I, I would have never thought that either. And I used to be good with state capitals, oh, which, which is a, which is just a random fact. But my point is here. That um, what's the capital of Tennessee? Capital of Tennessee. Um, or I'll say Nashville. I think it is actually. I'm gonna say Nashville. <laughs> yeah, we'll is that, I don't think it's Knoxville. No, it's definitely not Knoxville. I have been to Knoxville though. You know what the capital of South Carolina is? Yeah, I do. Columbia. Yeah. Okay. Why South Carolina? I don't know. I just thought about the SEC. Florida. Florida. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, you didn't let me answer. Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Well, you mentioned Illinois before. You, you know what that one is? Springfield. Maybe on the Simpsons. I think it's Champagne. Oh, I think you're wrong. It is Springfield. I think it's Springfield. Here we go. All right. The trip. Oh well, since we're on trivia questions, last week's trivia question it was an impromptu one, nonetheless. But Tom Brady has won four of five Super Bowl MVPs. Who is the fifth Patriots player? to win a Super Bowl MVP. Do you know the answer? It's Springfield. That's what I said. Damn. That really bothers me. <laughs> Do you know the answer? How about North Carolina? Uh, <laughs> Isn't that SEC? Yeah, Charlotte's probably right. But what, what about, um, real quick, who was who the fifth guy to win a Patriots MVP? No, Vinatieri. Dion Branch, baby. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Vinatieri's still kicking. He's amazing. Yeah, he's the GOAT. Yeah. Well, that's all we have here on the Official Jets Podcast. Again, thanks for tuning in. We really Deion Branch did everything for them. There were times where he was playing defense and he's returning. Am I getting that right or am I thinking about somebody else right now? I don't know. Deion Branch. Yep. I think, I think he's maybe thinking of, he's not Kevin Falk you're thinking no, of. No, no, no. All right, well, <laughs> EA's going to give the answer to that on next week's edition of the official Jets podcast Jets and Titans 405 
this weekend, Sunday from Nashville. We'll catch you next week.